0: For your morning, all the news you need to know—it's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Now, here's Juliet Huddy and Frank Morano.
1: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to 77 WABC Early News.
2: We're not quite Frank Morano and Juliet Huddy. I'm Frank Diaz, though,
1: and I'm Jacqueline Carl. We're in for Frank Morano and Juliet Huddy. Huddy, so let's get to it.
3: This, this is the top five at five. Help the
4: Blasio to win the mandate. Help the Blasio to win the
2: mandate. Help A New York Supreme Court judge granted a hearing Tuesday to a challenge to Mayor Bill de Blasio's mandate that all New York City workers, including members of the NYPD and FDNY, be vaccinated against COVID-19. Drunk Judge Fe- Frank Nervo set a hearing date of December 14th for arguments as to whether a temporary restraining order blocking de Blasio's order issued in October should be issued. Protesters gathered outside of de Blasio's home last night to voice their concerns about the mandate last night.
4: No! They swear that black people don't have a job! So they don't care about the 70,000 black people in this country, in New York City that have gone unvaccinated and due to that they don't have
2: the mayor's office has until December 13th to reply. The NYPD's union vowed to fight the original order the day it was issued. Since it was, the vaccination rate for the NYPD has shot up. de Blasio has continuously defended his position.
3: I don't think anyone should be surprised about what we're seeing with the Omicron variant, with the extraordinary growth of cases that we're experiencing in this city and all over this country. Look at a country like Germany right, right now shutdowns, restrictions. We cannot let that happen. So we had to take decisive action. And look, this Omicron variant moves fast. We have to move faster. That's why we did this.
2: A potential challenge comes on the same day. The lame duck mayor, who will leave office at the end of the month, issued an order expanding the mandate to all private employers, directing them to require employees returning to their offices be vaccinated.
1: Following a high-stakes virtual summit between President Biden and his Russian counterpart Tuesday, the White House appeared to be taking a wait-and-see approach to a potential invasion of Ukraine by Moscow. Biden and Putin spoke for two hours Tuesday morning, and National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan later said, quote, We still do not believe that President Putin has made a decision about whether to send his massed forces across the border and into the Ukraine. Sullivan told reporters at the White House will have to wait and see what happens in the coming days. In
5: the days leading of- to this call, the White House and administration officials said repeatedly, their assessment so far was that Putin had not made a decision over whether to invade Ukraine. So did President Biden get clarity from him on whether or not that is his intention?
6: We still do not believe that President Putin has made a decision. What President Biden did today was lay out very clearly the consequences if he chooses to move. He also laid out an alternative path, an alternative path that is fundamentally in keeping with the basic principles and propositions that have guided America in the Euro-Atlantic area for the past 70 years. And ultimately, we will see in the days ahead through actions, not through words, uh, what course of action Russia chooses to take.
1: According to Sullivan, President Biden told Putin any further action, any further incursion into the Ukraine would be met with strong economic measures from the U.S. and its European allies. Adding the president looked like President Putin in the eye and told him today that things we did not do in 2014 when Russia annexed Crimea, we are prepared to do now. But Sullivan declined to say whether additional American forces would be dispatched to Eastern Europe in the event of an invasion.
7: No, I mean, it's, it's very clear, uh, Rita, that. Uh, uh, it's all done, except for the shout. Uh, I, I, we've been looking at this. I've been talking to analysts overseas. NATO analysts, worth their, worst their salt, are saying he's going probably in January. He may go as early as Christmas, and he may not take all of Ukraine. I think he's got some choice pieces he's already picked out that got uh, sufficient combat force to go in rapidly, secure a number of areas, and be done with it before March. So you got to ask yourself, why? Why is this all happening? Why is uh, Joe Biden uh, acting like this? And I'm one of those that believes that he was compromised in and, and some ways. I think uh, it's very clear that his interests are not those of the American people.
2: Dolly Omarova, President Biden's controversial pick to be comptroller of the currency, withdrew her nomination for The Post yesterday amid both Republican and Democratic backlash over her academic writings, which include advocating for the end-of-banking quote, as we know it. During her confirmation hearing in the Senate Banking Committee last month, lawmakers pointed to the Soviet born and raised Omarova's academic papers proposing a shift away from consumer banking by moving Americans finances from private banks to the Federal Reserve and a statement she wrote. It was a great honor and a true privilege to be nominated by President Biden to lead the office of the Comptroller of the Currency overseeing the U.S. national banking system. I deeply value President Biden's trust in my abilities and remain firmly committed to the administration's vision of a prosperous, inclusive and just future for our country at this point in the process however it is no longer tenable for me to continue as a presidential nominee although democrats openly spoke out against the nominee centrist democrats senators john tester and kirsten cinema and mark warner voiced reservations behind the scenes making her chances of confirmation very unlikely
1: Tim Cook personally met with Chinese officials in 2016 and pledged to invest 275 billion into the local economy over a 5-year period. This in exchange for Beijing allowing the iPhone maker to freely do business on the mainland. Cook visited China in 2016 after the government shut down iTunes, bo- iTunes books, movies. Beijing was also threatening features like Apple Pay, iCloud and the App Store, according to the media outlet The Information. Cook and Communist Party officials came to a memorandum of understanding. According to the report, Apple pledged to invest some $275 billion into the Chinese economy over five years. The deal also includes an option for a sixth year, which would last until May of next year if neither Apple or Beijing objected.
2: The statue of Confederate General Robert E. Lee that became the focal point of a 2017 white nationalist rally in Charlottesville, Virginia, will be handed over to a local African-American museum that plans to melt it down and create a piece of new public artwork. All right,
0: well, uh, it's uh, 5.07. I think Joe Nolan's got our traffic. Indeed, and we're off to a pretty decent start as you travel inbound, LIE, Northern, Southern State, all three, Seem to be fairly decent, just a little bit of a brake check along the way here and there. Also, as you come up through lower Brooklyn, starting to build a little bit coming on up to the Brooklyn Bridge. Now, the Lincoln, the Holland, the George Washington Bridge, all three seem to be very good this morning. Mass transit also on a close alternate side again today is in effect. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Thanks, Joe. Yep. Jacqueline Carl with our weather report this morning. Jacqueline.
1: Well, I wish I had better news, but we could see some showers today. Best to grab the umbrella on your way out. Either way, it'll be mostly cloudy with a high around 40. Tonight, cloudy, then clearing on the overnight, lows around 30. And for Thursday, good news, mostly sunny, high around 40. WABC News Time is 5.08.
2: Jacqueline Carl, thank you very much. Well, West Virginia Democratic Senator Joe Manchin is forcing Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer to pump the brakes on his goal of passing President Joe Biden's $1.75 trillion social and climate reform package by Christmas. In a letter sent to colleagues on Monday, Schumer again told lawmakers that the Build Back Better bill needs to pass by the end of the month, despite the legislative calendar ending at the end of this week. Schumer warned of more long days and nights and potentially weekends as the clock ticks down on several big items Congress needs to pass before the year's end.
5: The White House says they will control inflation this bill. Do you believe that? I haven't seen that. I've heard that. I don't I don't know how you control inflation when there's a, the first year of spending is going to be quite large. Uh, and that's an awful lot more of uh, federal dollars going into a a time when we have uncertainty and in inflation now. You're very skeptical. Well, I'm not skeptical, I'm just basically a realist. There's an awful lot there and a lot of changes to be done and you're throwing it at a time when it's very vulnerable in our economy and, and basically where we are in the American public uh, as, as far as the strategy that they have trying to make it through uh, some unchallenging times with uh, gas prices, with the food prices, with inflation and with work, work uh, you know work, workers uh, challenges that we have in the business world. everybody's got challenges right now.
2: Manchin who opposes a paid family leave provision passed in the House's version was asked about the letter and appeared hesitant to jump on board. Other provisions in the bill include expansions to Medicare and Medicaid, tax breaks for electric vehicles, and universal preschool.
1: The House committee investigating January 6th announced Tuesday it will hold former President Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, in contempt of Congress if he doesn't show up for his scheduled deposition today. Hours earlier, Meadows announced he would cease compliance with the committee after he and the committee could not come to an agreement on the terms of his testimony, according to his attorney. Attorney Alan Dershowitz talked about it on Cats at Night.
8: But the idea of indicting somebody for not listening to an unlawful congressional subpoena, which they have done now already once and are threatening to do again, is wrong. That is, you have to comply with privilege. If somebody asked me to reveal lawyer-client privilege information, I would say no. If they say, we're going to hold you in say fine, I'm going to challenge it. But I can't reveal lawyer-client information, and neither can Meadows Reveal executive privilege yeah. information. Yeah. Well,
3: Alan, you've advised a number of presidents on, on issues. Now, let's say you were subpoenaed tomorrow to tell them what yeah. you told Barack Obama or Bill Clinton or Donald Trump. What would you do if you got subpoenaed? And and, and, and those presidents told you not to
8: uh, testify or claim executive of privilege. Not. Of course I would. But do you about, show, I you would show up, wouldn't you, and then assert the privilege on behalf of the president? I would have my lawyer show up and assert the privilege.
1: Committee Chair Representative Benny Thompson and Vice Chair Representative Liz Cheney chided the former Trump official for ending cooperation with them as they say he reveals details about the day in his new book, The Chief's Chief. They also said they had questions about official communications Meadows carried from his personal accounts. Meadows' attorney said his client would no longer appear for a deposition in a letter to the committee released Tuesday. However, the letter noted that Meadows would still be willing to submit written answers to questions.
2: Well, federal judge Tuesday blocked a national COVID-19 mandate vaccine mandate that would have required private government contractors to get their shots, dealing yet another blow to the Biden administration's jab push. The mandate set to take hold on January 4th was the latest White House coronavirus directive to face a temporary court injunction. The court ruling and previous similar related decisions indicate that it is increasingly likely the debate over the vaccine mandates could wind up in the Supreme Court. According to NBC News, Judge R. Stan Baker wrote in the ruling that allowed the Biden order would force plaintiffs to comply with the mandate requiring them to make decisions, which would significantly alter their ability to perform federal contracts, which is critical to their operations. Tuesday's injunction follows two similar temporary decisions last week that blocked vaccine mandates for many private sector health care workers.
1: U.S. Capitol Police Inspector General Michael Bolton told lawmakers Tuesday the department has not made needed changes in the aftermath of the deadly riot by Trump supporters on January 6th. Bolton testified at an oversight hearing of the Senate Rules Committee that the Capitol Police, quote, still lacks the overall training infrastructure to meet the needs of the department, the level of intelligence gathering and expertise needed and overall cultural change needed to move the department into a protective agency as opposed to a police department.
9: They are down significantly of, of officers, and they need to be able to uh, bring at least folks on that can augment us. Because think, even if you hire somebody today, you're talking over a year before you get them on post. By the time they get done with FLETC, Federal Law Enforcement Training Center, and then an even old Cheltenham, by the time you get all that training done, get them through their on-the-job training when they're with another officer, learning about the actual post and everything, you're talking almost a year before they're operational.
1: Bolton testified 11 months after the riot, which led to the deaths of five people, including Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick, and nearly eight months after he issued the first in a series of so-called flash reports, critiquing the Capitol Police response to the events of that day. While Bolton noticed some changes have boosted morale, such as the hiring of a new chief, additional intelligence briefings, and the provision of cell phones for better communication, he emphasized that much work still needs to be addressed across the department.
2: Well, California Governor Gavin Newsom left the Golden State amid the ongoing crime crisis to go on tour in support of his new children's book. Newsom traveled to New York to kick off his tour in support of his new book, Ben and Emma's Big Hit. The book is based off of Newsom's experience growing up with dyslexia and tells the story of Ben, a young boy and a baseball fan who uses America's pastime to cope with his learning disability alongside help from a teacher and friend. LAPD Detective McBride, Jamie McBride, slam Newsom on Fox News.
10: He's uh, he's uh, advocated with uh, um, ACLU for Proposition 47 as well as George Gascon, who authored uh, that bill. Um, and you know, here's an interesting twist too. You know, the, the CEO to Netflix uh, gave three million dollars to fight the recall campaign on Governor Gavin Newsom, um, and that's the son-in-law mm. of uh, Jacqueline Avant, who was murdered by somebody who got out of jail who should have been in jail. So, uh, first of all, you got to clean up from the top. You know, Gavin Newsom needs to be gone. We need to uh, work on uh, changing these laws back to make it tougher on crime. We need to get rid of these uh, so-called progressive district attorneys.
2: Alright, Matt Sapienza, here you got a sports report for us. Alright, thanks, Frank, and good morning,
11: everybody. Here's what's going on in the wide world of sports. We start in the NBA. Kevin Durant scored 24 points, James Harden had 23 points and 12 assists, and the Brooklyn Nets beat Dallas 102-99 to on Tuesday night, handing the Mavericks their first or fifth, rather, consecutive home loss. The Eastern Conference leading the Nets um, erased a 17-point third-quarter deficit to avoid back-to-back losses for the first time this season. Brooklyn squandered a double-digit lead after halftime in a loss to Chicago. Christoph Porzingis had 17 points and 12 rebounds. And RJ Barrett made a career high seven three pointers and scored thirty two points at the next snapped a three game skid, beating the San Antonio Spurs one twenty one to one oh nine on Monday night. Ending New York ended a seven game losing streak at San Antonio. Um Alec Burke scored 18 points. Emmanuel quickly added 16, and Julius Randle had 15 for the Knicks. Derek White had 26.6 rebounds, 7 assists for the Spurs, who have dropped two straight after a season-long three-game winning streak. DeJounte Murray added 15.7 rebounds and 7 assists. The Knicks were 18 for 38. On three pointers with Barrett going for seven for seven and eight. And to the NHL now. Anders Lehad had two goals, and the New York Islanders snapped an eleven-game losing streak with a five-to-three win over the Ottawa Senators. And Chicago Blackhawks forward Jujhar Kaira was stretched off the ice after he was leveled by Jacob Truba in the second period of the New York Rangers six to two victory. And that's your sports at 15 and 45.
2: Matt Sapienza
11: here with your WABC Sports. Right back to you guys.
2: Matt Tappianza, the ever-lovely Matt Sapienza. Thank you very much. All right, it's uh, about 5.17. You know
0: what that means. Joe Nolan with Traffic and Transit. Well, as we get out there again on the Harlem River Drive, good news now that earlier accident has now been cleared. The construction's still there, though. Two lanes are still out around 125th Street. If you're on the BQE, of course, that road work at Atlantic Avenue is slowing everybody down. Outbound George Washington Bridge. Those lane closures that were there on the overnight are gone. For bridge, this is going to be, again, Staten Island bound. The lower level is closed. That's ongoing. And alternate side of the street, parking rules and regulations once again today are going to be in effect. The support of service of Empire Blue Cross Blue Shield. Empire Blue Cross Blue Shield, Heart of America, helping schools across the country increase their access to healthy food. Learn more, empireblue.com slash nyliberty. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic Talk Radio 77 WABC. Joe Nolan, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. All right, Joe. I mean, Jacqueline,
2: I should say. Back with weather today. What's going on outside? A common
1: mistake. We could see some showers today. Best to grab the umbrella on your way out. Either way, it'll be mostly cloudy with a high around 40. Tonight, cloudy, then clearing on the overnight. Lows around 30. And for Thursday, mostly sunny, high around 40. WABC News Time is 518.
2: Thanks, Jacqueline. I hear you have some uh, financial stories for us as well.
1: Yes, I do. Neuralink, Elon Musk's brain interface tech company, tells the Wall Street Journal their goal is to start implanting microchips into the brains of humans next year. Yeah. (laughs) They've been saying it's going to happen for a long time. But no, actually, this is a serious story because it it can do some good for people. Neuralink's developing the brain chip to record and stimulate brain activity. Its purpose, treating serious spinal cord injuries as well as neurological disorders. Musk telling the media outlet, quote, Neuralink's working well in monkeys, and we're actually doing just a lot of testing and just confirming that it's very safe and reliable and the Neuralink device can be removed safely, adding he's hoping to have the chip in humans next year if FDA approved. U.S. stocks continued to rebound Tuesday as equities and oil prices rose on hopes that Omicron would prove less damaging to the economy than feared. The S&P gained 95 points, building on Monday's gains and recouping all its losses from last week. NASDAQ jumped to over 460 points and the Dow rose over 490 points.
2: Just sounds like every evil villain origin story, a microchip that can't be removed.
1: But if it helps people walk,
2: That's true. No, you're right. That's a good point. Thank you, Jacqueline, very much. All right, now to some uh, local stories. All critics are slamming the New York City Council and Mayor de Blasio for committing to pass a law that will give about 800,000 non-citizens the right to vote in local elections starting in 2023. Some state Republicans have vowed to use every legal method to block the proposal, which they say devalues citizenship by allowing non-citizens to vote in city races after just 30 days of living in New York City. The city council is scheduled to vote on the plan dubbed Our City, Our Vote this Thursday. And Mayor de Blasio said he's concerned about the legality but won't veto it. Many Democrats, such as Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, spoke highly of the plan.
12: We just lived through one, almost two years now, of a pandemic that relied, where our country relied on undocumented people to survive. Okay? We're going to put it down really simple. Because who else was sanitizing our buildings? Who else was caring for our elders? Who else was harvesting our food? Who else was stocking our shelves except immigrant labor in the United States of America? We will not be a country that says we will take that and, yes, exploit that and not accept the basic humanity, dignity, and equality of all people in this country, particularly our immigrant families and communities.
2: More than a dozen communities across the U.S. currently allow non-citizens to vote, including 11 towns in Maryland and two in Vermont.
1: Mayor de Blasio not standing down after city small business leaders criticized the sweeping vaccine mandates he announced Monday That's when the mayor announced private sector employees working in person in an environment where there is more than one employee present would be subject to a vaccine mandate with no testing opt-out allowed. His mandate will also force children as young as five to show proof of having received one vaccine shot by December 14th to get into restaurants, fitness centers, entertainment establishments, go to the movies. He received criticism from small business leaders in the state, including one who said she had been blindsided by his decision that he said will affect over 180,000 businesses.
13: Attacking the small businesses, their focus should be to help us grow after what we went through, not not make it worse for us. Right before the holidays, we're, we're, we're waiting for the holidays to come to help us a little. And, and what do you do? You you just take away everything from the businesses, from children. Like, it's disgusting. Someone really needs to test Give him a cognitive test. This mayor is—he's he, mental. Well, we wait for this holiday, especially this holiday, Christmas, New Year's. It's—it's go, it's gonna affect me badly if I'm sitting at the door trying to police people while I—you I, know—I should be embracing people and not—not—not not, not telling people to go away. It's terrible. It's, it's, I, I don't think it's legal. I really don't I, don't. I don't understand how people are allowing him to do this.
1: Others say they fear it will exacerbate the ongoing labor shortage, causing employers to lose some of their workers during a time where many are already short-staffed. They worry the new mandates for customers will also cost them business during a time that's already unstable because of the pandemic.
2: Well, a homeless man in New York who was charged with beating a man last year then set free on bail reform allegedly beat two other women in unprovoked attacks this month only to be released again. The New York Post reported that Daryl Johnson has more than a dozen arrests dating back to 2014 court complaint says last year he was charged with assault and harassment after he allegedly beat a man in a Harlem building badly punching and kicking him. He was released without bail due to New York lawmakers passing sweeping changes to the state's bail laws in 2019 that restricts crimes where judges can set bail. Johnson then allegedly beat two women in unprovoked attacks last Thursday morning in Manhattan. New York City Police Commissioner Dermot Shea, who filed for retirement this month, said the most challenging issue his successor will face are the reforms.
14: When you think back to these this series of reforms that were done that we said you know we support but that were done hastily and done without the input of law enforcement and we're dealing with it still today that's got to be the number one issue there's no doubt because it's as I just said it's the city that we all love so much and to see it pulled down in many ways is is really hard to watch. I'm proud of what we've done to slow that I'm proud of what the men and women of this department have done, but it's, Annika, you can't fix something if you're denying it. And it's almost as if we're still in a state of denial, many of the legislators. This this is the number one issue that the next mayor is going to have to face and the next police commissioner is going to have to face, because everything is built on public safety.
2: The district attorney's office told the New York Post that his charges in the attack were not sufficient for him to be held on bail.
1: A man was arrested after setting fire to a Christmas tree outside Midtown's News Corporation building early this morning. According to the NYPD, the holiday display was set ablaze shortly after midnight, and the flames quickly spread up the tree in Fox Square outside the 6th Avenue building that houses Fox News. Photos from the scene show the fire charred most of the tree that was decked out in red, white, and blue ornaments and topped with a red star. The flames also damaged three other nearby trees decorated with Christmas lights. Please closed off the, str- the surrounding streets as firefighters put out the blaze.
2: Well, a new survey reveals Governor Kathy Hochul holds a firm lead in the Democratic primary for governor of New York outpacing all her rivals by double-digit margins. The Siena College poll shows more than a third of Democrats said they would vote for Hochul if the election were held today. Double the 18% who said they would back her closest rival, State Attorney General Letitia James. Meanwhile, 10% said they would vote for New York City public advocate Jumani Williams. And just 6% would vote for New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio or Congressman Tom Suozzi. Currently, de Blasio, who is expected to announce a run for governor when he steps down as mayor at the end of the month, is more disliked than liked by members of his own party. Half of Democrats view him unfavorably compared to 37% who view him favorably, the poll found. About one quarter of Democrats are still undecided or would prefer another candidate.
1: Lindsay Boylan, who accused former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo of sexual harassment, called his successor, Governor Hochul, shameful for refusing to call for the SUNY Chancellor's firing. This after last week's bombshell transcript release from the state attorney general revealed his profane messages for her. New York Attorney General Letitia James released transcripts from the sweeping investigation into former Governor Cuomo's conduct last week. Documents showed Jim Malatras, the head of SUNY, participated in a bullying campaign against Boylan, when he served in the former governor's executive chamber following her complaints of a toxic work environment. The documents reveal insults were thrown at Boylan as well as Malatras, telling his staffers to quote, drive her nuts. Outraged New Yorkers called for Malatras' resignation and asked Hochul for her help when he refused. Malatras said he was not proud of the language he used with regard to Boylan, but he was going to direct his focus to his top position at SUNY. The governor neglected to take part in the campaign, arguing on Monday that that while she has committed to combating sexual harassment in her offices, she cannot control the environment of other administrations.
15: We need a leader of the SUNY institution. I'm going to be making an overhaul of the SUNY system part of my state of the state. We have very bold plans that I want to see executed, and I want to see them continue. And in speaking uh, through my administration to a number of trustees, Continuity at this time is important, so I understand their rationale for wanting to not ask him to take steps. However, we have to make sure that there is a a culture where this behavior is not acceptable and those those conversations continue.
0: Joe Nolan's got traffic and transit. How is it out there, Joe? Well, the worst thing we have right now is on Route 1 in Edison northbound on Plainfield Avenue. The right lane is out. There's a downed utility pole. That'll continue as you head northbound, apparently, uh, throughout most of the morning rush hour, if not into the midday. So just keep that in mind if you're headed that direction. All the roadways coming inbound from Long Island, moving along pretty well at this point. We do have a little bit of a delay. Slow traffic. You're get down to about 40 miles an hour, getting in through Casino Boulevard on the LIE. And now it's starting to build up a little bit, getting through Queens Boulevard. Lincoln, Holland, George, all three moving along in a very good clip. Trans Authority, downtown, A-trains. Uh, fulton street there are signal problems and alternate side of the street parking rules and regulations again today are suspended The support of service of dell dell technologies end of year sale is the perfect time to upgrade save big on computers featuring windows 11 pro for business plus free shipping call a dell technologies advisor 877 ask dell that's 877 ask dell i'm joe nolan traffic on the sevens talk radio 77 wabc joe nolan thank you
2: yep Jacqueline Carl with weather. What's going on outside?
1: Well, we have a chance of showers today, so best grab the umbrella on your way out. Either way, it'll be mostly cloudy with a high around 40. Tonight, cloudy, then clearing on the overnight. Lows around 30, making for a mostly sunny day Thursday with a high around 40. WABC News Time is 528.
2: Jacqueline Carl, thank you very much. Coming up, your top five at 530. We'll be right back.
1: morning, everyone, and welcome to 77 WABC Early News.
2: Different Frank, same bun. I'm Frank Diaz.
1: And I'm Jacqueline Carl. We're in for Frank Morano and Juliette Huddy. So let's get to it.
2: It's the top
7: five at 530. Help
4: the top five 530. The The to end! The
2: well, a New York Supreme Court judge granted a hearing Tuesday to challenge to Mayor de Blasio's mandate that all New York City workers, including members of the NYPD and the FDNY, be vaccinated against COVID-19. Judge Frank Nervo set a hearing date of December 14th for arguments as to whether a temporary restraining order blocking de Blasio's order issued in October should be issued. Protesters gathered outside of de Blasio's home last night to voice their concerns about the mandate. The mayor's office has until December 13th to reply. The NYPD's union vowed to fight the original order the day it was issued. Since it was, the vaccination rate for the NYPD has shot up. de Blasio has continuously defended his position on the mandates. I
3: I don't think anyone should be surprised about what we're seeing with the Omicron variant, with the (coughs) extraordinary growth of cases that we're experiencing in this city and all over this country. Look at a country like Germany right, right now shutdowns restrictions we cannot let that happen so we had to take decisive action and look this omicron variant moves fast we have to move faster that's why we did this
2: the potential challenge comes on the same day the lame duck mayor who will leave office at the end of the month issued an order expanding the mandate to all private employers directing them to require employees returning to their offices to be vaccinated
1: Following a high stakes virtual summit between President Biden and his Russian counterpart Tuesday, the White House appeared to be taking a wait and see approach to a potential invasion of Ukraine by Moscow. Biden and Putin spoke for two hours Tuesday morning and national security advisor Jake Sullivan later said, quote, we still do not believe that President Putin has made a decision about whether to send his massed forces across the border and into the Ukraine. Sullivan told reporters that the White House will have to wait and see what happens in the coming days.
5: Up to this call, the White House and administration officials said repeatedly their assessment so far was that Putin had not made a decision over whether to invade Ukraine. So, did President Biden get clarity from him on whether or not that is his intention?
6: We still do not believe that President Putin has made a decision. What President Biden did today was lay out very clearly the consequences if he chooses to move. He also laid out an alternative path, an alternative path that is fundamentally in keeping with the basic principles and propositions that have guided America in the Euro-Atlantic area for the past 70 years. And ultimately we will see in the days ahead through actions, not through words, uh, what course of action Russia chooses to take.
1: According to Sullivan, President Biden told Putin any further incursion into the Ukraine would be met with strong economic measures from the U.S. and its European allies. Adding, the president looked President Putin in the eye and told him today that things we did not do in 2014, when Russia annexed Crimea, we are prepared to do now. But Sullivan declined to say whether additional American forces would be dispatched to Eastern Europe in the event of an invasion.
7: No, I mean it's it's very clear, uh, Rita, that uh, it's all done. It, except for the shout. Uh, We've been looking at this. I've been talking to analysts overseas. NATO analysts, worst their their salt, are saying "Eh, he's going probably in January. He may go as early as Christmas, and he may not take all of Ukraine. I think he's got some choice pieces he's already picked out They've got uh, sufficient combat force to go in rapidly, secure a number of areas, and be done with it before March. So you got to ask yourself why? Why is this all happening? Why is uh, Joe Biden uh, I think I acting skipped. like this? And I'm one of those that believes that he was compromised and in some ways. I think uh, it's very clear that his interests are not those of the American people.
2: Sully Omarova, President Biden's controversial pick to be comptroller of the currency, withdrew her nomination for The Post yesterday amid both Republican and Democratic backlash over her academic writings, which include advocating for the end of banking, quote, as we know it. During her confirmation hearing in the Senate Banking Committee last month, lawmakers pointed to the Soviet born and raised Omarova's academic papers, proposing a shift away from consumer banking by moving Americans' finances from private banks to the Federal Reserve. In a statement she wrote, it was a great honor and a true privilege to be nominated by President Biden to lead the office of the controller of the currency overseeing the U.S. national banking system. I deeply value President Biden's trust in my abilities and remain firmly committed to the administration's vision of a prosperous, inclusive, and just just future for our country. At this point in the process, however, it is no longer tenable for me to continue as a presidential nominee. While no Democrats openly spoke out against the nominee, Centrist Democrats senators John Tester, Kirsten Sinema, and Mark Warner voiced reservations behind the scenes, making her chances of confirmation very unlikely.
1: Apple CEO Tim Cook personally met with Chinese officials in 2016 and pledged to invest $275 billion into the local economy over a five-year period. This in exchange for Beijing, allowing the iPhone maker to freely do business on the mainland. Cook visited China in 2016 after the government shut down iTunes books and movies. Beijing was also threatening features like Apple Pay, iCloud and the App Store, according to the media outlet The Information. Cook and Communist Party officials came to a memorized of understanding. According to the report, Apple pledged to invest some $275 billion into the Chinese economy over five years. Now, the deal also includes an option for a sixth year, which would last until May of next year if neither Apple or Beijing objected. Apple agreed to a series of concessions in exchange for regulatory exemptions from the Chinese government.
2: Well, the statue of Confederate General Robert E. Lee that became the focal point of a 2017 white nationalist rally in Charlottesville, Virginia, will be handed over to a local African-American museum that plans to melt it down to create a new piece of public artwork, ending a years-long battle over the controversial monument's fate. The Charlottesville City Council voted unanimously Tuesday morning to hand ownership of the statue over to the Jefferson School African-American Heritage Center, which runs a local museum to highlight Charlottesville's African-American history and culture of the African diaspora, diaspora. The museum's bid called for the statue to be melted and reformed into art in what it is called Swords into Plowshares Project. It is not clear what the final artwork would look like, but the museum said it plans to consult with the community over the next few months to come up with the design. All right, it's five thirty seven, which means Joe Nolan's got traffic
0: and transit. Well, you're heading out onto Route One again, man, on the northbound side coming our Frank rather coming up to Plainfield Avenue in Edison. Right lane is going to be closed. There's a down pole there that happened on the overnight. Somebody came along and hit it, took it out. So that's going to be there for a little while longer. Also, you have delays now building as you come inbound Lincoln Holland, George, all three with uh, minor delays still, but it's building up. Uh, if you're on Route 1, 22, 78, all of that still doing pretty well now. The downtown A trains, there are delays through Fulton Street with signal problems and alternate side of the street parking rules and regulations once again today are suspended i'm joe nolan with traffic on the sevens talk radio 77 wabc joe nolan thank you you're welcome sir all uh, right
2: jacqueline Carl, with your weather report, is, is like what's the deal with this weather? Is it going to rain? Is it going to snow? Is it going to warm up again? I'm always hot. I'm always cold.
1: How should I know? No, I'm just kidding. We may see some showers today. There's, there's a possibility, 30%, 40% chance. I just stick my umbrella in my bag no matter what happens. Either way, it's going to be mostly cloudy with a high around 40. Tonight, it'll be cloudy, and then it clears on the overnight with lows around 30s. On Thursday, mostly sunny, high around 40. WABC News Time is 538.
2: Thank you, Jacqueline Carl. Well, West Virginia Democratic Senator Joe Manchin is forcing Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer to pump the brakes on his goal of passing President Biden's $1.75 trillion social and climate reform package by Christmas. In a letter sent to colleagues on Monday, Schumer again told lawmakers that the Build Back Better bill needs to pass by the end of the month. Despite the legislative calendar ending at the end of the week... Schumer warned of more long days and nights and potentially weekends as the clock ticks down on several big items Congress needs to pass before the year is over.
5: The White House says they will control inflation, this bill. Do you believe that? I haven't seen that. I've heard that. I don't I don't know how you control inflation when there's a, the first year of spending is going to be quite large. Uh, and that's an awful lot more of uh, federal dollars going into a, a time when we have uncertainty and in inflation now. You're very skeptical. Well, I'm not skeptical. I'm just basically a realist. There's an awful lot there and a lot of changes to be done. And you're throwing it at a time when it's very vulnerable in our economy and and basically where we are in the American public, uh, as as far as the strategy that they have trying to make it through uh, some unchallenging times with uh, gas prices, with food prices, with inflation, and with work, work, uh, you know, work, workers' uh, challenges that we have in the business world. Everybody's got challenges right now.
2: Manchin, who opposes paid family leave in the House's version of the bill, was asked about the letter and appeared hesitant to jump on board. Other provisions in the bill include expansions to Medicare and Medicaid, tax breaks for electric vehicles, and universal preschool.
1: The House committee investigating January 6th announced Tuesday it will hold former President Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, in contempt of Congress if he doesn't show up for a scheduled deposition today. Now, hours earlier, Meadows announced he would cease compliance with the committee after he and the committee could not come to an agreement on the terms of his testimony, according to his attorney. Attorney Alan Dershowitz talked about it on Cats at Night.
8: But the idea of indicting somebody for not listening to an unlawful congressional subpoena, which they have done now already once and are threatening to do again, is wrong. That is, you have to comply with privilege. If somebody asked me to reveal lawyer-client privilege information, I would say really no. If they said we're going to hold you, in contempt. If they, fine, I'm going to challenge it. But I can't reveal lawyer-client information, and neither can Meadows Reveal executive privilege yeah. information. Yeah. Well, Alan, you've advised
3: a number of presidents on, on issues. Now, let's yeah. say you were subpoenaed tomorrow to tell them what yeah. you told Barack Obama or Bill Clinton or Donald Trump. What would you do if you got subpoenaed? And and, and, and those presidents told you not to uh, testify or claim executive of course privilege. Not. Of
8: course I would. But you, thought, well, show, you a, would show up, wouldn't you, and then assert the privilege on behalf of the president? I would have my lawyer show up and assert the privilege.
1: Committee Chair Representative Benny Thompson and Vice Chair Representative Liz Cheney chided the former Trump official for ending cooperation with them as they say he reveals the details about the day in his new book, The Chief's Chief. They also said they had questions about official communications Meadows carried from his personal accounts. Meadows' attorney said his client would no longer appear for a deposition in a letter to the committee released Tuesday. However, the letter noted that Meadows would still be willing to submit written answers to questions.
2: A federal judge Tuesday blocked a national COVID-19 vaccine mandate that would have required private government contractors to get their shots, dealing yet another blow to the Biden administration's jab push. The mandate set to take hold on January 4th was the latest White House coronavirus directive to face a temporary court injunction. The ruling and previous similar related decisions indicate that it's increasingly likely that the debate over vaccine mandates could wind up in the U.S. Supreme Court. According to NBC News, Judge R. Stan Baker wrote in the ruling that allowing the Biden order would, quote, force plaintiffs to comply with the mandate requiring them to make decisions, which would significantly alter their ability to perform a federal contract, which is critical to their operations. Tuesday's injunction follows the two similar temporary decisions last week that blocked vaccine mandates for many private sector health care workers.
1: The U.S. Capitol Police Inspector General Michael Bolton told lawmakers Tuesday the department has not made the needed changes in the aftermath of the deadly riot by Trump supporters on January 6th. Bolton testified at an oversight hearing of the Senate Rules Committee that the Capitol Police, quote, still lacks the overall training infrastructure to meet the needs of the department, the level of intelligence gathering and expertise needed, and overall cultural change needed to move the department into a protective agency as opposed to a traditional police department.
9: They are down significantly of, of officers and they need to be able to uh, bring at least folks on that can augment that because think, even if you hire somebody today, you're talking over a year before you get them on post. By the time they get done with FLETSIC, Federal Law Enforcement Training Center, and then even old Cheltenham, by the time you get all that training done, get them through their. On the job training, when they're with another officer learning about the actual post and everything, you're talking almost a year before they're operational.
1: Bolton testified 11 months after the riot, which led to the deaths of five people, including Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick, and nearly eight months after he issued the first in a series of so called flash reports critiquing the Capitol Police response to the events of that day. While Bolton noted some changes have boosted morale, such as the hiring of a new chief, additional intelligence briefings, and the provision of cell phones for better communication, he emphasized that much work still needs to be addressed across the
2: department. Well, Governor Gavin Newsom, California Governor Gavin Newsom, left the Golden State amid the ongoing crime crisis to go on tour in support of his new children's book. Newsom traveled to New York to kick off his tour in support of his new book, Ben and Emma's Big Hit, The Governor Was Traveling. Coming comes amid a massive crime wave in California. LAPD Detective Jamie McBride slammed Newsom on Fox News.
10: He's uh, he's uh, advocated with uh, um, ACLU for Proposition 47 as well as George Gascon, who authored uh, that bill. Um, and, you know, here's an interesting twist, too. You know, the, the CEO to Netflix uh, gave $3 million to fight the recall campaign on Governor Gavin Newsom. Um, and that's the son-in-law yeah. of uh, Jacqueline Avant, who was murdered by somebody who got out jail who should have been in jail so uh, first of all you got to clean up from the top you know gavin newsom needs to be gone we need to uh, work on uh, changing these laws back to make it tougher on crime
2: all right it's uh, just about five forty-five. you know what that means i gotta toss the football to the uh, to matt sapienza <laughs> over here behind the glass all right here's what's going on in the world of sports Where you are going to start in the
11: nba kevin durant scored 24 points james harden had 23 and 12 assists, and the Brooklyn Nets beat Dallas 102-99 to Tuesday night, handing the Dallas Mavericks their fifth consecutive home loss. The Eastern Conference-leading Nets erased a 17-point third-quarter deficit to avoid back-to-back losses for the first time this season. Brooklyn squandered a double-digit lead after a halftime in a loss to Chicago. Kristaps Porzingis had 17 points and 12 rebounds. Over across town, R.J. Barry made a career-high 7 three-pointers and scored 32 points, and the Knicks snapped a three-game skid, beating the San Antonio Spurs 121-109 to on Monday night. Um, New York ended a seven-game losing streak at San Antonio. Alec Burks scored 18 points. Emmanuel quickly added 16, and Julius Randle had 15 for the Knicks. Derek White had 26 points, six rebounds, and seven assists for the Spurs, who have dropped two straight after a season-long three-game winning streak, DeJounte Murray added 15 points and seven rebounds and seven assists. The Knicks were 18 for 38 on three-pointers, with Barrett going seven for eight. To the NHL quickly, Anders Leehead had two goals, and the New York Islanders snapped an 11-game losing streak with a 5-3 win over the Ottawa Senators. And the Chicago Blackhawks forward Har Carria was stretched off the ice after he was leveled by Jacob Truba in the second period of the New York rangers six to two victory and that's your sports at 15 and 45 i'm matt sapienza and that
2: is wabc sports matt sapienza thank you very much all right it's just about four five forty seven excuse me joe nolan's got traffic and transit all
0: right well traveling over in new jersey again northbound route one plainfield avenue and edison that right lane out with the down pole then if you're on 280 on the eastbound side, coming into the Garden State Parkway, have disabled again the right lane out. That's a new one. Now, we still have these problems on the A-trains. Slow speeds as you get through the area of Fulton Street. They're having signal problems, apparently. So that will continue, apparently, for a little while. It didn't seem like it was going to be a big deal. And alternate side of the street. Parking rules and regulations again today are suspended The support service of indeed.com hitting speed bumps in your hiring process streamline your route to hired with indeed their hiring platform makes it easy to attract screen and interview candidates all in the same place find your next great hired and visit indeed.com credit i'm joe nolan traffic on the seven stock radio 77 wabc i really hate public transportation joe
2: nolan thank you very much <laughs> all
0: right all right jacqueline carl
2: with uh, some weather outside
1: Yes, grab the umbrella. We could see some showers today, but either way, it's going to be cloudy, mostly cloudy with a high around 40. Tonight, cloudy and then clearing on the overnight. Lows around 30. For Thursday, we'll have a mostly sunny day finally, high around 40. WABC Newstime, 548.
2: Thanks Jacqueline, will I get rich or will I turn into a robot this week? I know you've got some, uh, some financial stories going on. <laughs> I know
1: on. this story just doesn't sit well with you. It is kind of strange, but it may be helpful. Neuralink, Elon Musk's brain interface tech company, tells the Wall Street Journal their goal is to start implanting microchips into the brains of humans next year. Neuralink's developing the brain chip to record and stimulate brain activity. Its purpose, treating serious spinal cord injuries as well as neurological disorders. Musk telling the media outlet, quote, Neuralink's working well in monkeys and we're actually doing just a lot of testing and confirming that it's safe and reliable and the Neuralink device can be removed safely, adding he's hoping to have the chip in humans next year if FDA improved. Approved, U.S. stocks continued to rebound Tuesday as equities and oil prices rose on hopes that Omicron would prove less damaging to the economy than first feared. The S&P gained 95 points, building on Monday's gains and recouping all its losses from last week. The Nasdaq jumped over 460 points and the Dow rose over 490 points.
2: Jacqueline Carl, thank you very much. Now to some stories from down the street. Well, Critics are slamming New York City Council and Mayor Bill de Blasio for committing to pass a new law that will give about 800,000 non-citizens the right to vote in local elections starting in 2023. Well, some state Republicans have vowed to use, quote, every legal method to block the proposal, which they say devalues citizenship by allowing non-citizens to vote in city races after just 30 days of living in the city. The city council is scheduled to vote on the plan dubbed Our City, Our Vote this Thursday, and Mayor de Blasio said he's concerned about the legality of the plan but won't veto it. Many Democrats, such as Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, spoke highly of the plan.
12: We just lived through one, almost two years now of a pandemic that relied, where our country relied on undocumented people to survive, okay? We're gonna put it down really simple. Because who else was sanitizing our buildings? Who else was caring for our elders? Who else? was harvesting our food? Who else was stocking our shelves except immigrant labor in the United States of America? We will not be a country that says we will take that and yes, exploit that and not accept the basic humanity, dignity, and equality of all people in this country, particularly our immigrant families and communities.
2: And more than a dozen communities across the United States currently allow non-citizens to vote, including 11 towns in Maryland and two in Vermont.
1: Mayor de Blasio not standing down after city small business leaders criticized the sweeping vaccine mandates he announced on Monday. That's when the mayor announced private sector employees working in person in an environment where there's more than one employee present would be subject to vaccine mandate with no testing opt-out allowed. His mandate will also force children as young as five to show proof of having received one vaccine shot by December 14th to get into restaurants, fitness centers, movie theaters, any kind of entertainment establishment. He received criticism from small business leaders in the state, including one who said she had been blindsided by his decision that he says will affect over 180,000 businesses.
13: Attacking the small businesses, their focus should be to help us grow after what we went through, not, not make it worse for us. Right before the holidays, we're, we're, we're waiting for the holidays to come to help us a little. And what do you do? You, you just take away everything from the businesses, from children, like, he's disgusting. Someone really needs to test, give him a cognitive test. This mayor is, he, he's mental. Well, we wait for this holiday, especially this holiday, Christmas, New Year's. It's going it's to affect me badly if I'm sitting at the door trying to police people while, I, I, you know, I should be embracing people and not, not, not telling people to go away. It's terrible. It, it's, I, I don't think it's legal. I really don't I, don't. I don't understand how people are allowing him to do this.
1: Others say they fear it will exacerbate the ongoing labor shortage, causing employers to lose some of their workers during a time where many are already short-staffed. They worry the new mandates for customers will also cost them business during a time that's already unstable because of the pandemic.
2: Well, a homeless guy in New York City who was charged with beating a man last year and then setting, being set free on bail reform allegedly beat two women in unprovoked attacks this month only to be released once again. The New York Post reported that Daryl Johnson has more than a dozen arrests dating back to 2014. A court complaint says last year he was charged with assault and harassment after he allegedly beat a man in a Harlem building, badly punching him in the face and kicking him. He was released without bail to, due to New York lawmakers passing sweeping changes to the state's bail laws in 2019 that restricts crimes where judges can set bail. Johnson then allegedly beat two women in an unprovoked attacks last Thursday morning in Manhattan. New York City Police Commissioner Dermot Jay, who filed for retirement this month, said the most challenging issue his successor will face are the reforms.
14: When you think back to these this series of reforms that were done, that we said you know we support, but that were done hastily and done without the input of law enforcement, and we're dealing with it still today, that's got to be the number one issue. There's no doubt, because it's... As I just said, it's the city that we all love so much, and to see it pulled down in many ways is, is really hard to watch. I'm proud of what we've done to slow that. I'm proud of what the men and women of this department have done. But it's, Annika, you can't fix something if you're denying it. And it's almost as if we're still in a state of denial, many of the legislators. this This is the number one issue. That the next mayor is going to have to face and the next police commissioner is going to have to face because everything is built on public safety.
2: The district attorney's office told the New York Post that his charges in the attack were not sufficient for him to be held on bail.
1: A man was arrested after setting fire to a Christmas tree outside Midtown's News Corporation building early this morning. According to the NYPD, the holiday display was set ablaze shortly after midnight and the flames quickly spread up the tree in Fox Square outside the 6th Avenue building that houses Fox News. Photos from the scene showed the fire charred most of the Christmas tree that was decked out in red, white and blue ornaments and topped with a red star. The flames also damaged three other nearby trees decorated with Christmas lights. Police. Closed off the surrounding streets as firefighters put out the blaze.
2: Well, a new survey reveals that Governor Kathy Hochul holds a firm lead in the Democratic primary for governor of New York, outpacing all rivals by double-digit margins. The Siena College poll shows that more than a third of Democrats said they would vote for Hochul if the election were held today, double the 18 percent who say they would back her closest rival, State Attorney General Letitia James. Meanwhile, 10 percent say they would vote for New York City public advocate Jumaane Williams, and just 6 percent would vote for New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio or Congressman Tom Suozzi. Currently, Bill de Blasio, who is expected to announce a run for governor when he steps down as mayor at the end of the month, is more disliked than liked by members of his own party. Half of Democrats viewed him unfavorably compared to 37 percent who viewed him favorably. The poll found about one quarter of Democrats are still undecided or would prefer another candidate.
1: Lindsey Boylan, who accused former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo of sexual harassment, called his successor, Governor Hochul, shameful for refusing to call for the SUNY Chancellor's firing. This after last week's bombshell transcript release from the state attorney general revealed his profane messages to her. Now, New York Attorney General Letitia James released transcripts from the sweeping investigation into former Governor Cuomo's conduct last week. Documents show Jim Malatras, the head of SUNY, participated in a bullying campaign against Boylan when he served in the former governor's executive chamber following her complaints of a toxic work environment. The documents reveal insults were thrown at Boylan as well as Malatras, telling the staffers to, quote, drive her nuts. Outraged New Yorkers call for Malatras's resignation and asked Hochul for help when he refused. Malatras said he was not proud of the language he used with regard to Boylan, but he was going to direct his focus to his top position at SUNY. The governor neglected to take part in the campaign, arguing on Monday that while she has committed to combating sexual harassment in her offices, she can't control the
15: environment of other administrations. We need a leader of the SUNY institution. I'm going to be making an overhaul of the SUNY system part of my state of the state. We have very bold plans that I want to see executed and I want to see them continue. And in speaking uh, through my administration to a number of trustees, Continuity at this time is important, so I understand their rationale for wanting to not ask him to take steps. However, we have to make sure that there is a, a culture where this behavior is not acceptable and those, continue, those conversations continue.
1: Hochul only hinted at plans for an overhaul of the SUNY system.
2: 77 WBC News Time, 557. Joe Nolan's got traffic and
0: transit. Well, we still have problems in New Jersey. Apparently, now three of them, if you're traveling eastbound on 280, we're backed up into the Garden State Parkway with the disabled. That's in the right lane. Northbound 1 and 9, just before you get to the Skyway, an accident with one lane closed. And then northbound on Route 1 at Plainfield Avenue in Edison, right lane closed with the down utility pole. Now we continue to have those delays on the downtown A trains through Fulton Street. That would signal problems and alternate side of the street parking rules and regulations once again today are suspended this report is a service of discover discover matches all the cash back you're earning your credit card at the end of your first year it's amazing because discover is accepted at 99 of places in the u.s that take credit cards learn more discover.com slash yes i'm joe nolan with traffic on the sevens talk radio 77 wabc joe nolan thank you very much jacqueline carl with uh, our last look at weather for the day uh,
2: tell me is there any change
1: <laughs> you want me to say there won't be showers today uh, i can't
2: do that well, wishful thinking i know could
1: be there could be so just grab the umbrella on your way out either way it'll be mostly cloudy with a high around 40 tonight cloudy and then clearing on the overnight lows around 30 and just for you i ordered up some mostly sunny skies for thursday high around 40 wabc news time 558
2: thank you Jacqueline. carl got some more news for you disgraced movie producer javi weinstein lost his bid to have 11 sexual assault charges he's facing in Los Angeles, thrown out by a judge. Judge Lisa Lynch denied the convicted rapist motion to dismiss charges that include rape and sexual battery. Weinstein's attorney argued the grand jury had been manipulated by prosecutors who presented, quote, false and misleading evidence. The judge ruled that there was sufficient evidence to support the changes. If convicted on the L.A. charges, Weinstein, who is currently serving a 23 year prison sentence for rape and sexual assault faces another 140 years in prison
1: all right so i'm just going to place a chip in frank's brain ahead of fda approval and see how things work out
2: you probably would be doing me a favor because i don't feel like (laughs) adulting today i just want to go home and you know make breakfast and probably go to sleep but that's not going to happen i'll have a rice Krispie retreat in the kitchen later or something like that all right (laughs) Bernie and Sid in the mornings up next. I think Bernie's out, but Sid's still in here, that uh, beautiful, bald man over there. Uh, Got some guests. uh, What is it? uh, Sean Spicer, Janice Dean. All right. I'm Frank Diaz.